So happy Monday, everybody. Hope you guys had a wonderful week. If you didn't uh, get the chance, uh, definitely check out last week's edition of the podcast. It was the first episode, and uh, I had a lot of fun making it. So I hope you guys enjoy that. And just before we get into the stories this week, I just want to make a quick little note. Um, I know last week there was quite a few uh, U.S. stories, and I'm trying to vary that up a little bit. It's just sometimes the stories just fall in the United States, and uh, that's like this week as well. There is one story out of Israel, but uh, the other two are from the United States. So I'll try my best to vary it up, but wherever the stories fall, they, they fall, and I can't uh, can't really do too much about that. But nonetheless, I uh, wanted to get into this week's stories. There are some great ones here as well uh, as last week. So Let's uh, jump right into it. So the first one is going to come out of California. It's a a really interesting study that was done uh, for homelessness. Um, Over the last several years, there's been uh, a growing homeless population in the metropolitan areas of California, and there's been lots of uh, ideas proposed to, to solve this problem. And in 2015, there was a project called Project Welcome Home, and essentially what it aimed to do was it aimed to target chronic homeless people. So people who are, you know, chronically in and out of jail uh, or in and out of hospitals, in and out of psychiatric wards, people with, with real homeless issues um, and who have been homeless for a long time. And what they aimed to do was provide housing for them um, and, and not just housing for a day or a week, but housing for an extended period of time. And they wanted to see how this would affect them. And coupled with the housing, they also provided um, mental health services, counseling, addiction services, uh, and all the rest so that, um, you know, they just didn't have somewhere to go, but they also had help along the way. So, um, and the results of this study, which just came out, um, you know, covering the last, the period of the last five years, um, was pretty remarkable. So how it worked was they approached 400 homeless people and, uh, they used essentially a lottery system. So only 200 of the 400 approached, um, or, or roughly that number got housing. Um, and they studied both groups. They studied the people who got the housing and the people who ended up staying on the street. And the findings were pretty remarkable and also very promising because a lot of people, aren't too optimistic that the homeless issue can be solved um, in these areas. And uh, this is um, quite a good antidote to that. So uh, of the people who did get housed, um, 86% of them stayed housed throughout the duration of the study, which was, you know, was a a result that they didn't expect. They expected people to leave um, and and not to be too stable in in these housing uh, situations. So um, 86% of them stayed, which is remarkable. Um, And, you know, it wasn't all good news, and I'll get to that in just a second, but just the fact that they were able to stay in housing um, was was a success in and of itself. So, um, but... Nonetheless, although there there was quite a good success rate with that, um, there were some interesting findings. So, you know, they were still as likely to get into jail, still as likely to need uh, medical treatment. They were less likely to need psychiatric uh, treatment or emergency psychiatric treatment. But uh, but yeah, they, they were still just as likely to go into jail, go into emergency rooms, and there was also a fairly high death rate. So 70 of the 400 or so participants ended up dying throughout this study, which is tragic. And 19% of those people who did die were in the housing. So there are still some issues that need to be resolved. Um, you know, that we need, they need to figure out a way to keep these people out of jail, keep them out of emergency rooms uh, and things like that. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, it's still overall good news, but there, there definitely are some problems uh, to work out. 
And one of the interesting things about this, and one of the things that some people, I don't know why, but complain about this, uh, is that, you know, it's eating up tax money and all the rest of it. But the idea is that by using this tax money to provide proactive solutions to people who are homeless, it actually will lessen the load on taxpayers because there's going to be less emergency visits and things like that, which right now isn't a holding, like I just said. They're still just as likely to go into emergency rooms for medical treatment. But um, if they can help solve this, we are on the right track to uh, lowering that level and uh, keeping them safe. So, But nonetheless, um, this just goes to prove that you know, if we provide housing to homeless people, that they actually most of the time are willing to stay, and especially coupled with treatments for addiction, mental health, um, this is very, very promising. So um, really good to hear that, and uh, hopefully other uh, counties and countries and states can follow suit, and, you know, hopefully uh, we can help eradicate homelessness over the the longevity of uh, however long it takes. So the next story is going to come out of Israel uh, in Tel Aviv. And this one is very interesting. I was, it was very surprising to me that this hasn't been thought of or done before. Um, And it essentially is something to uh, combat climate change. And in Tel Aviv, what they're doing is they're doing an experiment where they're going to put um, electric roads in. So what this means is for any buses or, or modes of transportation, um, they're going to put electric charging under the road so that as the bus is going along its route, it's actually charging as well. So they don't have to stop at a charging station to charge the bus. It's charging it for them as they're driving. So, I mean, in theory, I mean, the bus could could be going for 24 hours a day and just getting constantly recharged as it's going on its route. So um, it's super interesting. They're using copper coils under the road. Um, and right now what they're doing is they're doing only about a half a mile in Tel Aviv, um, only half a mile of this electric road, and they're going to see how it works, if it does well, and if it does, they're going to expand it out to other parts of the city. So it's super interesting. Uh, you know, I Again, I was very surprised this hasn't been tried before, but um, it definitely makes it a lot more convenient so that you, know, you don't have to stop at a charging station. You, you can literally just get the bus charged as it's driving. So... Um, yeah, it's uh, quite incredible that people are able to figure this stuff out. But uh, and, and another note I want to, to mention there was, you know, I've said for a long time that uh, I think a simple way for each of us to combat climate change is to drive less and to use public transportation more, whether that's subways or buses or whatever it is or streetcars. Um, and you know, it, it's just a simple way to to reduce your your pollution, but um, or your carbon footprint, I should say. But, you know, if you add into the or add into the equation electric vehicles, which are not being charged automatically, which is producing zero emissions, I mean, it's just the perfect recipe, right? You get transportation, many people not driving, and it's electric, and it's being charged all the time as you're driving. It's just, it's remarkable, and it's a great idea, and hopefully this works out so that other countries and, and, and places can follow suit with this, so... Very promising stuff, very interesting, um, and uh, yeah, it, yeah, just remarkable. So the last story is going to come again out of the U.S. Again, I apologize. Um, and this one is uh, very interesting, uh, as I, I can't say I'm a fan of Mike Bloomberg, uh, the billionaire who tried to run for president but uh, failed pretty quickly. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's not the best guy in the world, but um, he did something that was, you know, 
I, th- I think, very important. Um, and what he did was he covered 32,000 felons' uh, fees in Florida so that they were able to vote. So essentially what happened is in Florida, they allowed it so that uh, felons, I, I don't know if it's all felons, but they allowed felons to uh, essentially vote when they got out of prison, which was not the case before. Um, they allowed them to to vote as as long as they pay fees that they owe the government. Now, obviously, if you're a felon, and I talked about this in the last podcast, uh, it's not that easy to find a job and not that easy to make money uh, unless it's obviously legally. So um, it's been obviously a lot of felons aren't paying their fees or can't pay their fees um, and therefore they can't vote. And I think this is, you know, it's a shame that a, a lot of people can't vote just because they went to prison. I mean, they did their time, you know. Everybody should be able to vote, and there's actually been lots of argument that that it's uh, it was always part of a scheme to to suppress voters, um, and you know there's there's a whole thing about that that I won't go into, but um, but yeah, so a lot of these felons can't pay their fees, um, and so Michael Bloomberg paid thirty two thousand of their fees or thirty two thousand felons he paid their fees for them, um, and now they can vote in the federal election coming up on uh, November third. So um, I, I think this is. Uh, a very generous move. And I think it just, I think it shines a light on the larger picture that, you know, uh, felons should be able to vote, you know, uh, for the most part, I'm not saying all felons. I mean, it's a very, it's, it's more complex. It's not, it's not too simple, but, um, I definitely think that it's, it's been a, a systemic way of, of, uh, suppressing voters, especially from voting for a, pl- a particular party. So, um, I think it's uh, it was a very generous thing, and again, I think it uh, hopefully will shine a light on this and 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 push some some change in that direction. So, so yeah, those are the the three stories for this week um, and uh, for for the week of September twenty eighth. Um, so so yeah, I again very good stories. I mean, I, I was very happy to see most of these. Um, there were some other ones that I chose not to put in there, but. Uh, but we'll see. I, I want to know your, your your feedback in terms of is three stories enough or or, or do you like more um, and, and see where we go from there. So if you have any suggestions for that, if you want there to be more stories, let me know on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook if you use that, and uh, and we'll we'll go from there. We'll see we'll see where this goes. I might do five, might do seven, who knows. So uh, so yeah, those are the three stories of this week. Tel Aviv putting in electric roads, Michael Bloomberg covering 32,000 felon fees so they can vote for the November 3rd election, and uh, Santa Clara County Homeless Program, the Project Welcome Home, which uh, provided uh, housing to homeless people is showing significant results. And uh, yeah, so those are the three stories of the week. Hope you guys enjoyed. Subscribe if you did. Let me know what you thought on social media, and I'll catch you guys here next Monday as always.